Welcome to What Have You with Rachel Jankovic and Rebecca Merkel. This audio is brought to you by Canon Press. Welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I am Becca Merkel. Guys, we've done it all now. We've vacationed. We've quit podcasting. We've come <laughs> back to podcast again. And and I think uh, we've we even filmed a altogether too long documentary of ourselves making pie. You guys. With you. It's a whole thing. If you can't feel inspired to make pie with such excessively normal people as us, then there's... <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but... I think you'll see it soon, because I think it's about I'm, to release. I'm confident that we won't be flattered in it, that no, we, will, we no. will look like your very regular people who are making pies. So mm-hmm, we wanted mm-hmm. to encourage you all, because you know the 4th of July is it's coming. It's coming. It is coming. And if there was ever a reason for fasting and prayer other than the 4th of July... <laughs> Saying just like celebrating our liberties right now feels like a bit of a, bit. a little oxymoron. It's happening. more like yes, but anyways, we will have lots of pie, thanking the Lord for our liberties and praying that God will give them back, redirect us back in the paths of liberty, of, of liberty and yeah. and freedom in Him. But anyways, that's a sidetrack. <laughs> just telling you, it does yeah. seem a little so bit something we did funny. Make. Six pies together, and then we kind of just freewheeled it right through there. And um, Jemima, sweet angel that she is, tried to wrestle a narrative, a narrative arc, a a recipe out of it. Oh, good. Yeah, no, she did it. I feel like she did a good job. Like between me being like, "Hey, Rachel, what do you think? (laughs) Should I add more sugar?" and you out of the frame, like, uh. Maybe. <laughs> uh, well, you know how it is. The thing is, is that cooking, I, I've told Becca this, I had this realization the other day. So many moons ago, like I think we were in the Hayes house, so uh, it had to have been either before Blair or when Blair was a baby. Okay. So probably about 10 years ago. Okay. I actually remember having the thought that was like, I should learn how to cook. I mean, maybe I wanted it before that, but I got more serious about it at that point. Should learn to cook without a recipe. Mm-hmm. And that just seems like something that a person should learn to do. Okay. But when I envisioned that, I think it was going to be a lot more artisanal than what has come to pass in my <laughs> life. <laughs> say this I suddenly had a question about whether or not we included one of the steps in the recipe that we put in the video it's okay mm. it's fine well we got it. my what happens for me is that at the time and this is I just want to encourage you all to to make weird and ambitious goals for yourself and then see what you can do in the normal course of your life to like learn how to do that because I didn't I remember it was around the same time that I was like, I want to be able to go to the store and buy something. I want to buy an ingredient because it looks good or it's a good price. 
and know what to do with it. Yeah. And, and already know because I'm like, that looks like a good piece of meat. And I can already intuit how I would go about preparing that. Because at the mm-hmm. time, I was very not clear about the sure. differences between different kinds of roasts or yeah. what would you do with this. And really a lot of that just takes, it takes years of cooking to figure that out. But it doesn't. It Well, yes, it does. But it takes years of intentionally trying to cook that way yes. because... Because you're working towards your better education. But like, this. let's yeah. say that you've been cooking for 40 years, but you never made anything but casseroles out of a can and a frozen bag of this. Or even even great food, but just always, but always sure, but doing I just the mean, next step you were told to do. You could, yeah, but you could be a very, very accomplished in one specific genre, but then never have branched out to find out about other pieces of meat. Yeah, Because you totally. stay in your little narrow groove, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that does boil down to what we were talking about the other day, which is the need for, like, imagination. Mm-hmm. And creativity, I guess. Being well, willing to be interested outside of what you the way you've always done it. Yeah. And I I think like I can think of point of like moments that were really um pivotal for me, like in funny like little breakthrough moments where you're like, hang on, you know, like yeah. um just realizing that you can I I think sometimes I think back like I know that there were amazing cooks well before we had nearly the um like detailed cooking devices well that's what i was so you're like wait surely it's not the end of the world if it's at 350 degrees instead of 375 i was gonna say that because i did learn 362 instead of 350 i learned that living in england when our our uh, stove was a deep mystery mm-hmm. and I had no clue what any of the, it just dialed up to 11, which is not normal because even the other English people were like, I don't know what that means. I, you know, usually they go to nine or something, yeah. something I can't remember, but mine did not even calibrate the way theirs normally did. Yeah, it was so some sort of dark. a weird, You're... and I did discover that, you know what, actually it is entirely possible to cook lots of foods at different temperatures. And then you started to get sort of a mm-hmm. feeling of like, well, I think I'm going <coughs> to crank it to seven now. <laughs> yeah. And, but, the, but, okay. So back when I wanted to learn to do this, I was trying to think through like, how do you, how do you approach a piece of meat that you just, like, I guess what I mean is that before that point, if someone had said, here's some country style ribs, mm. I would have been like, I don't know. I would try still, to... I would still come up looking flat-faced about a country-style rib. Not me, Becca. I have <sighs> been paying attention to the... <laughs> a country-style rib, I'll tell you a secret. It's not a rib. It's a strip of like a... Um, it's more like pork shoulder cut into a mm-hmm. strip. So it's actually a time-saving device if you were ever going to make like carnitas or something that you need, that you want smaller pieces of a pork shoulder for. Using country ribs is a handy way of getting like the big blobs of fat already trimmed off of like you can quickly cut it into cute, you know, smaller pieces to make carnitas. Okay. Whatever. The point is, I remember feeling like when I realized that if you cook pork sirloin 
for three hours at 300 in the Dutch oven with stuff. It's like, like it was things like, oh wait, that's actually a principle, not a method. Like Uh the low and slow, roughly what temperature would you do to get this to be falling apart? You know, like, well, have I, I probably have told this story. Sorry, everyone bear with when we were in England, the first few months, it was really depressing the food was because I knew how to cook, but I knew how to cook in America and all of the ingredients were wrong and I couldn't mm. find the ingredients I needed and I didn't know what these ingredients were. And so I was trying to make familiar recipes that would always come out tasting slightly off. Yeah. And it's not even like it was bad. It was just not familiar. It's just you were and aiming for something you knew. And yeah. you were not getting something you knew. Yeah, and when no. it's like when you go to somebody else's house and you eat their lasagna, it might be great lasagna, but it tastes different than the one you're used to. And that's Which how it's more it, of a trouble as a child. Yeah, but the thing is, like, I love spaghetti. What's wrong with your spaghetti? Except for when you're kind of homesick. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. the other thing, is it would be like, what? This doesn't taste... Or I would be like, oh, I think I'll make enchiladas this week. And then I would discover there's not an enchilada sauce to be had. And... Or definitely not the green sauce that I wanted or whatever it was. And so I was starting to feel a little wan about the whole situation. And then the real low... The low moment came. (laughs) We're we're in Winchester with the kids and it was like winter now. And I remember being like cold and we're in Winchester, which is this beautiful, you know, like we're just seeing this, you know, statue of Alfred and looking around at the shops and things. And there was this little stand selling um, hot chestnuts in paper cones and me being like, oh, that's so, f-. like, it seemed so Englandy and so yeah. neat. So we went over and bought some, and they were just gross. It was like, <laughs> I was like, really? Is that what this experience is? Like, it seemed so sort of poetic, and, yeah, and it was yeah, cold. Yeah, let's have hot chestnuts. What's wrong with this? I know. I was like, what is that crumbling? I mean, what? Like, that's what a chestnut tastes like? I just felt like everything... I've been betrayed. Everything came to yeah. a head at that moment. Like, I can't. The food here. I could weep. <laughs> and then I saw in the window across the street, it was a Jamie Oliver cookbook that just said how to cook. And I was like, you know what? I don't know how to cook in this country. <laughs> I thought I did, but I don't. And so I went straight over and I bought how to cook because it had like a picture of the cow carved up into yeah, roast. Yeah. But... The cow is cut up into different shapes in England. And I didn't know what any of it meant. And I was like, I know how to cook beef in America. I don't even know what this beef means. Yeah. It would be a joint. And I was like, but which one? Which joint? Like, is it a knuckle? Is it a, (laughs) is it an elbow? Like, what am I, what joint? And anyway, I just had to learn the lingo and everything. But all I'm saying is that that was a real big moment because then I was like okay I'm going to pretend like I actually don't know anything I'm going to go back to the beginning and that was all I needed was that little shove to put me on the right road of like Mm -hmm. I am now not going to try to cook American food in England I'm just going to try to cook good food yeah. In England. And it turns out that is entirely possible to do that That's part. That's good. It's a blessing that you can do yeah, that. Yeah, but I just mean like sometimes it's like... 
there's a little mental uh, hang-up on something. Let's just go back to the drawing board, right. and I'm going to look at a picture of a cow, and I'm going to find out what that piece is, and, like, how do I reckon with that now? Right, and some of the, like, for me, there was a specific phase where I started trying to make some more, like, I think growing up, we probably had stir-fry or something, but no, we didn't eat, like, we didn't make Asian food at home, plus there is no, there was no access to that at the time, if we, no. if we had wanted to. But I remember it being like a surprise the first time that I bought fish sauce. Yeah. And you're like, what rank deed is this? <laughs> like, you bought it and then you're horrified by the smell of that stuff and then it gets on your fingers and it's hideous. But then, but then you get to know its place in the recipe because I made mm-hmm. more things that had it and you realize, no, this mm-hmm. is actually adding something that you can't get another way. This is, or mirin was another thing like that for me mm-hmm. where I was like, that's that flavor. Like I, like mm-hmm. you couldn't, um, I just remember it being like the figuring out what that was meant that you actually do have more knowledge now about things. Yeah. And I think that part of the part of the skill of trying to cook without a recipe for me was if I made something and I liked it, I would try to make it the next time from memory. Like just try to mm-hmm. try to do the Like we like that recipe. How can I kind of do that recipe from memory? And sometimes I would check, you know, and I want to be clear here. I still don't bake without, I, well, I could do bread, but I don't bake without a recipe. I still, am, I yeah. still reference the ratios on baking with, but with other stuff, I think that it would, because we feed big crowds often enough now that I actually think that I would go crazy if I was trying to multiply recipes to the right amount for what we're doing, because see, I think I'm, I think I'm a little up. Well, I'm not opposite because it's true. If I was cooking for people in my house, it would be more like that. But if I'm doing an event where I'm getting other people to cook for me, I really have to have something oh, I would too. quantifiable. No, that I'm not saying can... I'm beyond recipes. I do write them out for things. I do pay attention to them. I'm talking about, though, that often you're like, this is how much chicken we have. <laughs> or you're trying to be like, does that look like enough? And it's in to actually try to duplicate in like times 12 Z's of one and a half teaspoons or something. It just, it's easier to just sort of ballpark it and go. Yeah. I think I do end up doing a lot of conversions and math trying to go from 12 and yeah. a half times three quarters of a teaspoon, translate that to cups. I have one of those, I have one of those <laughs> magnets on my fridge though that does the conversion to different, you know, like. I still have to double check if if we're moving to ounces, but I've gotten the teaspoons, cups, whole thing gone. I mean, I, I do that often enough now that you figured that, that one's, out. That one's in there. I but. guess all I'm trying to say is it's interesting if you just pay attention when you are cooking to like, oh, I made a salad dressing. What were the ratios of like yeah. acid to fat? Sure. And how was that? Because you you can do that without a recipe once you know. And you're like, oh, here's the ingredients I have. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yes, it's random. Indeed. But the part that you were talking about imagination is I think thinking that your work at home is for more in the longer term than than just it's like getting good at this work. Well, I think it's, it's a little bit like 
there is so much territory to explore that it seems like you're sitting there, you're looking out at this big vista of the Rocky Mountains and to just kind of sit down on the porch and say, no, I can see it from here. I've got this it how do. I like it. This will do. It's, you know, like, just wander out there. And like, not just, see and what not there just is. in cooking. In, no, in, in all everything. kinds of areas. Like, like, don't be so shy of what yeah, there is out there. Explore and find out and, and poke your nose into places you just didn't know were there, you know? I'm not sure I'm a good, I'm a good, uh... A counter to this point. Wow, you see that hawk is yeah. getting something off the ground. Uh, I'm not sure that I'm... I feel like I'm very, very easily distractible into like, what? Let's look over here at what... Oh, wow. Wow. The hawk, hawk is, is like... right with us. Yeah. That's fun. Um, I thought for a hot second he might just be <laughs> coming in, in the window. I'm coming in, but he didn't. Um, so anyways, I guess what I was going to say is I'm, I'm highly sometime last, sometime last a couple Sabbaths ago, I sat down to look something up on my phone <laughs> and it was like, a, um, I, it was something about what we were making. I don't know. I was tired. It was the afternoon. Mm-hmm. I stopped to take a little check, check on something. I don't even know what it was now. But it was like I resurfaced, <laughs> being like, "Wait, why am I reading about this?" It was I. It was a food fifty-two thing that. So it was a Persian rice dish, which had nothing to do with what we were serving. <laughs> nothing to do. I'm like reading up on how do you get the yeah. crispy bottom in this Persian rice dish, and then I'm sort of like, "Hmm, maybe I didn't need to do that research right now." But it <laughs> yeah. did. It did seem like something I ought to know. You know, it was yeah. like we should figure this out. But it had nothing to do with my current duty. No, <laughs> it's true. But I used to do. I bought a book that was like food tips and cooking tricks or something, or like just reading, like regularly thinking that this is your business to know about. Well, I remember one thing that was like interesting in giving you a shove, um, was remember that phase a long time ago where we all joined the cookbook club? Oh yeah, that big time did that. And Cause so they, that was not a sustainable business model for them. No, but the thing was, is you got to pick whatever, three cookbooks a month and they would send it to you. But it's, you just looked at, here's the list of cookbooks. And there was something interesting about, ah, I need to pick three for this month because they're going to ship it to me. And so I picked three. And I remember the stuff that came out of that was like, I don't know. One was a breakfast cookbook that was terrific in, Mm -hmm. in a few ways, because it made you think about certain things a little bit differently. And there was Mm -hmm. a, an Italian restaurant cookbook that made you think about, you know, pasta differently. I still love their hot, that sauce is so good. Yeah. So anyway, it was just kind of like, even if you only came away with one thing from it, you could do that from a library, Mm -hmm. you know, just go and grab three random cookbooks and read through it. And maybe you get like really interested in the sort of poetry of New York Italian food or, (laughs) you know, or you just are there. It's like, I would tell the kids, you know, I will. I wouldn't. I did when I was substituting for you about poetry and stuff. Mm -hmm. Is you know that concept where people put a big map on their wall and you put a pin everywhere that you've been? 
Yeah. That being content in in one it's not like being content is not the same thing as putting on blinders and refusing to see what has been given to you. Yeah, it's not because being, being content, yeah, being content is very important. But you have access to so many different places and thoughts and things to visit in different like even just be an interested you know? well yeah be an interested person in terms of like let's think about gardening or let's think about food or let's think about the fiber arts or let's think about even just enough to like be aware that those things exist yeah well yeah and we were talking I was talking to some of my kids the other day about just kind of being interested people which they just are which is nice but <laughs> Shad actually my lo- quoted Right in the dance recently, and he's my, he's, he's eight, he'll be eight soon, and he said, he said, to be bored in this world is to be boring in this world. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, it's all. No, it's fine, it's just, it's funny when they encounter sort of the, I don't know, the lethargy, the lump, the person who can't possibly think outside I think it's imaginative the, lethargy because that's it's not or or even like people who who only will do things the way they're done in middle class suburbia that's all we mm. don't we don't do it's it's hilariously snobby in one way because it's like we don't do things that aren't done you know like you could picture yeah. some I don't know it it's the same haughty attitude as like a snobby old money kind of a thing, <laughs> but then it's so. But it it's sort of like, it doesn't have anything really exciting to recommend it like right. old money might. <laughs> <laughs> At least old money might have some some great art on yeah, the wall. Yeah, there might somewhere. be some like cool heirlooms and pewter. So. <laughs> but this is like. This I don't like, I don't wear socks that aren't you know the right the right pairing with that <laughs> shit. I don't know. It's just like it's so kind of I think you mean duddy. like like if the only way to decorate is the way that you've seen decorated everywhere. Like all you do but is everywhere. you go buy a printed canvas at um I don't know. I guess I was going to say it's like the Marshalls. We we yeah. get the we assemble the things. Yeah. But for no particular reason other than that this is what's done. Well, this is what's done in the little narrow channel that I live in. And that's the thing is, it's like, well, poke your head up and look around and see. Because there's some interesting other stuff going on out there. And (laughs) I don't know, something... It's funny how I think social media in one way makes the possibilities... When I say social media, I'm meaning like the sort of Pinterest or like that where you could explore, but it also pitches you exactly what you want and are interested Mm -hmm. in. So in one way, it could make you even more entrenched in a narrow groove or it could give you the opportunity to go out and have a wander through other things. Well, this is a weird example, but I think this this one is at least funny, but do you ever look through some of those like time-saving hacks or something where they're like 50 tips you never thought of to fix. Wow, some of the time. But that's the thing is that (laughs) that there's probably like one in a hundred that are actually like, oh, that's a good idea. 
But yeah. other times, you'll yeah. see a list that's like 312 ways to use the clear plastic shoe holder that hangs over the door <laughs> in your closet. And then yeah. you're like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. And I, part of... Or the mesh bag that the oranges came in. Yes. And you're like, this is really, that's not, this is not the boring side of it. But it is weirdly stuck in one little, like, one <laughs> little rut. Like, the thing I'm going to do is figure out how to use bread ties. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in my hair. <laughs> I put a bread yeah, tie in my hair. I've already done it, guys. Yeah, I'm the master of this list. But but that idea, I don't know, the funniness of just being so focused on one thing that you're not looking at, like... Well, okay, so I'm going to try and tie this to something slightly bigger, but it's it's similar. Um, So, like, NSA is a liberal arts school. And one example that my husband uses when he's talking about the value of the liberal arts is that like the the sort of standard educational system is incredibly specialized so like you get onto this bike path and you stay on this bike path and this Mm -hmm. is how you go from here to being that job like you get on the path and then you pedal down the path and you stay on the path and then you'll end up at your destination and so you have all of these sort of pre-worn grooves in like so you have a university that has these tracks and you get on this track and you don't get off of it really Mm -hmm. and so it's like having a wilderness with a whole lot of here's this road here's this road here's that road on the path and he's like but the liberal arts is all about here's your four-wheel drive go find out what's in between Mm-hmm. Go because there's a whole lot or of make sense of it all in one picture, yes. sort of. Yeah. But like you can actually get go from this path to that path and see how they're connected. But you can also see what's what's the all the kind yeah. of uncharted stuff in the middle. And I think what it requires is is like an interest and an inquiring mind because the world is really big and another and there's another, a lot to find out. But a really big <clears throat> part of the inquiring mind and the interest is believing that there is value there. And that, yeah. and that that is a direct reflection on what you think God is like and why we're here and what we're supposed to be doing and what God has done for us. So right. when you think that, um, if you like, because the desire to make delicious food mm-hmm. could be really self-serving and just, it could just be petty. It can also be a desire to honor the incredible gifts that God has given us both in, in table fellowship, but also in a world where things come out of the dirt with incredible different flavors and things. And like, do you ever marvel at the fact of like what cinnamon adds to our life, but it's bark, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like how much, how much more injured, like that these things come to us from the hand of a God who loves us and that to be bored by that, to be like me, it's to be that kid who's so spoiled that they're not grateful for anything. They don't see what they've been right. given. They can't enjoy it because they're like, well, uh, why would I enjoy this when there's other people got better stuff? Or... And there's like the, the enjoying the delicious food. Like you're saying, yeah, okay. So maybe you're doing it to be really self aggrandizing and everyone will think I'm so amazing. I'll impress the there's world that. with this. But yeah. you could also do it just to give to the people you love, but you could also do it even if it's just you in your apartment and you make something delicious mm-hmm. that you are thanking God for and enjoying because he gave it to you and you yeah. are actually taking 
that gift and appreciating it and looking at and it and marveling at it. Like, in it. Spending time being like, uh, like, whoa, did you also know that this happens? <laughs> like that this is a way to do this or, um, and I think that about like decorating or crafting of different kinds that you're like, have you ever thought about how incredible textiles are? Right. Have you ever thought about the fact that God gave us colors and gave us like that we didn't have to have colors but or all the fields like or... crazy different traditions of textiles where you're like, think of, I mean, the world of caftans. I mean, who yeah. knows? Who knows what's felt, over there? I fell deep in a <laughs> hole with the, I think it's indigo. I think it's called yeah. junko. Oh, maybe I made that up. Indigo something <laughs> that it's like really interesting. Like the development of that kind of thing is it's fascinating. Or it's like, ooh, I want purple. The purple dye of the Phoenicians. Well, that was really weird. The gold threads. The well, woman. No, that's that, different. That's, that's no, the, I know. The lady who has the to gold dive. stuff. No, this purple right. you get out of these and Lydia, hideous, the merchant hideous of purple. snails. And you have to um I think they they're like eat cadavers or something like they're not a pleasant little creature that you fish out of right. the, fish out of the ocean and squeeze it for purple <laughs> hexaplex trunculus what are you looking up Tyrian purple oh yeah production mm-hmm. from sea snails yeah. and wouldn't that have been what Lydia was a merchant yeah. of yeah yeah but it's just like there's there's so much out there to find out about, to be impressed by, to be interested in, and to get good at. And way too many things to get good at. There's not enough time. Right. And so you better get cracking is the no, thing. No, I've had, I've recently been experiencing this, this panic attack of how many things I need to be doing. Like... And in real odd ones, like I'm uh-huh. like, why have I not been doing art lessons? Yeah. What's wrong yeah. with me? Let's work on folk music. Why don't I play the guitar? <laughs> this has been this has been a problem I've been having lately. And uh, and you're kind of like, yeah, probably gonna have to choose less of these things to pursue right now. But I was reading. Um, so this is this is a phase in our lives where the escalating the scale of life has been building really quickly on us okay and not just us i think a lot of people but my my point is you just have that feeling of like the lord is is changing the magnitude of what he's asking for us to be doing right and it's very very easy to get frantic about like specific questions that you have like how will we do this how will we be the kind of people who can do this how will we like you want to know specific outlines of specific ways you're going to accomplish something and so I loved in the Bible reading challenge the other day we were reading um pretty sure that this is second Thessalonians but it might have been first Thessalonians because I just took a picture I of I noticed this. the crack about unreasonable and evil men in second Thessalonians <laughs> and I was like isn't it true that they've been with us always <laughs> unreasonable <laughs> and evil well this is the one <laughs> it was that like I... protect us from yeah unreasonable and, and evil. evil men you're like mm, it's like uh-huh, uh-huh I've heard of those yep. I've heard of those I've seen one so or two so this one is the the prayer for the church 
And I just thought that this was so good. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to and to all, just as we do to you. This part is the part that I love that. The Lord make you increase, not okay. just the Lord give you more you need to increase for, but also yeah. he will do it. And so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. That part that is saying, may he increase you so that he might make your hearts blameless in holiness. To me, I was like, isn't it funny how easy it is to be like expanding your to-do list, but realizing that the actual answer is an increase of holiness. Uh-huh. <laughs> not, uh-huh. It's not an increase of better recipe management. <laughs> it's an right. increase of holiness will help you to do this better. Yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah. that was such, it's such a comfort because it cuts through all of the specific questions that you don't feel like you have an answer to yet. Like, how will I manage to do this thing. It's like, well, well, because Lord himself can't... will increase, you know, may he increase us and may he increase our holiness. Yeah. And, and I feel like, especially, <laughs> you know, how everyone's opening every email everywhere with in these uncertain times, <laughs> but the truth is, is they're no more uncertain than any other time. No, totally. It's just that we happen to notice that I we think don't this is have a, a moment handle. where we've all, um, and, and the thing is, is like, we're all noticing we've come to a real curvy patch in the road and we don't know what's around the next corner. And so it's easy to fret about eight corners from here. What am I going to be yeah. doing? And it's like, you you have no idea. You don't idea. know, guys. You don't know. The only thing you can so do is... that book of is... James where he actually tells us, you know, to be careful to, to actually say, if the mm-hmm. Lord wills. But like, the only thing you can do is take the next step of faithful obedience. Right. That's what you can do right now. That's the thing. And that's how you can like keep your eyes on Christ and trust that he's going to be with you still eight corners from now. Mm-hmm. But what you could do is jump into the bushes right here and thus you guarantee try disobedience right now, which would not actually pan out to help, which you. means that eight corners from now, you'll already be not where you should be. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, what I was going to say is that that idea of, um, it's, I guess what I what I mean is that you can think like we can't accomplish that there, but it's and it's also Psalm one nineteen that I will run after your commands for you will enlarge my heart and that trusting God to make us what we need to be. One of the other things that you will notice if you do trust God, I already mentioned earlier that back when I was dreaming a dream of cooking without a recipe. Oh yeah, I never envisaged what I am doing now. (laughs) Like I think in a million years, I thought it would be some kind of artsy, uh, going out to like appetizer soiree where I have made something beautiful. The fruit from, yes, I have clipped the fresh leaves of herbs from my garden and I have done (laughs) something interesting with the onion shoots and I am doing, (laughs) I think that was my dream. I was dreaming, right? Nothing wrong with that. It was just not what God had me doing that, having that dream for. So fast forward to me frantically, slapping undesignated recipes of enchiladas into an oven all around a cake that was much too big for itself and took way too long to bake. 
because of that. And being like, how hot is the oven? We don't know. It it should all shake out in time for the buffet. Like, I I never saw that happening. And the thing that is interesting is that as you pursue things that God gives you an interest in and you do it, it has to be open-handed. And it would be easy to look on what God actually did with your desires and then try and then get in a weird state of being hard on yourself about what has happened. But if you're walking with God, he's going to do different things with you than you thought you were going to do. And it's not like, uh, that's something to be grateful for. It's not something to, but also like the good works, like I don't remember where it is. Walk in the good works that he has prepared Mm -hmm. for you to do where, you walk faithfully now and it turns out he has been preparing you for the good works, the good works that he has in store. And often there is nothing like what you thought you were. You imagined a good work that you thought you wanted to get in shape for, but the Lord had a different thing, right, but, but it, but, but it was often good to used, follow him. Yes, yes. He used that desire and then he took you where he was planning to take you yes. with it. And I and that should be something that gives a Christian a lot of joy and satisfaction. It can be something that if you're not looking at it as, as what God has done, you can look at it resentfully. Like, I never meant to do this. I never intended sort to of, be this I kind was of better than this. I had higher standards I was than going this. to be the person who was making... Lemon souffle. I was going to do something really beautiful, <laughs> but instead, here I am with another tinfoil roaster pan. <laughs> I was going to be better than this, and alas, I am not better than this. <laughs> I, I always joke. Oh man, you guys may not know this, but I specifically remember speaking out about the evils of hot dogs as a as a thing. Like I was like hot dogs at no time and in no place is a hot dog a thing that a person um yeah, no. Should People do. don't need hot dogs was my <laughs> was my position in life. Hot dogs are beneath us as a race. They are they are beneath humankind. And I uh had this anyways, hot dogs being a weird problem of mine. Also, Texas sheet cakes. Mm-hmm. Well, These hot dogs are pretty gross. Sheet cakes at all were mm-hmm. a thing that I felt above. Yeah. I felt... Yeah. I don't think I deigned to think about them enough to feel above them. I think I dismissed <laughs> them entirely from the world. So then, then this is at a time when I had saved, back a reference to the lemon souffles, because it was pre-internet at this yeah. time, I yeah. had saved a... Martha Stewart, I believe, recipe for individual lemon souffles, which were baked quite beautifully in a Meyer lemon shell with the lid to have on hand the beautiful stemmed lemon lid still. With a leaf. With a souffle. And if you've ever made a souffle, you know that you have like a, I don't know, seven second interval to feed those to people. <laughs> and, it is always and a can you droop. Imagine yourself, it's a depressing droop. Yeah, I can't even imagine how bad those would look too. You'd be giving people an empty lemon rind. <laughs> Treat yourself to something good in here. 
but it was but it was really lovely it was lovely in in theory it was a really beautiful thing and i this was a time when that was where my heart's attention was was on such deeds as that well come along my husband who was so one of the ways we knew he was so custom prepared by the lord for me in my life was that he was a great hot dog enthusiast <laughs> Not, and and more I think even than he thought he was because because he had managed a Chicago foods restaurant he was into the Chicago hot dog not just any hot dog not like I he's, love a he's a connoisseur in the world in of the, hot dogs when it comes to hot dogs Lucas strong opinions and talents in yeah. the hot dog world so he knows he knows that it needs to be a Mary Rosen poppy seed bun and it needs to be a Vienna beef and all beef hot dog. So and all the toppings picture, in the particular it, it don't is, picture those little ugly, puffy ballparks. The little it's not that, the ballparks no. floating in no. a saucepan of warm water. But you can see how far <laughs> the Lord has sanctified me that I can yet I can say no this is a really good hot dog. And actually it is. It is it a is. good hot dog. This is the thing. But but that good hot dog does not make me go back to a ballpark simmering in well, a Well, I still of water. don't like that, but the point the point remains that the Lord called out of me this hot dog snobbery by <laughs> by bringing along a man who would have none of it. And then and and then also sheet cakes, which have become sort of an integral part of my life. But at the time when I finally deigned to make a sheet cake, it was actually some kind of a like spiritual event because <laughs> because I despised sheet cakes, Texas sheet cakes specifically. Yeah, I didn't like, and I don't know why I didn't. I had a lot of reasons mm-hmm. in my heart, but there were things. There were particular ills about yeah. Texas sheet cakes that I didn't like. But then I saw a recipe. It was a cooking light. Best of like 20 years. Best of cooking yeah. light. Their Texas sheet cake. And it actually looked good. And Luke made some comment about it looking good. And I, and it like the thought glimmered in my mind I should make it. And then to be retaliated with, I would never. <laughs> <laughs> You won't catch me dead making that yeah. sheet cake. Well, I got over that problem and I made the sheet cake, probably for a Sabbath dinner or something, where you actually mm-hmm. need to have a lot of servings of something. And I made it. Well, uh, do you think anything has ever been a bigger hit with the. <laughs> <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just the Lord oh, honking my nose. Because, yep. you know, you finally are like, whatever. I'll make the Texas sheet cake. Mm-hmm. And the kids are all like, can I have it for every birthday? I know. Can I? And then and then I felt like I had basically become a Texas sheet cake. Like, I, yeah. everything has been... Well, but I was telling you this the other day. I was getting cracked up. Because there's many times that I think God gives you something that he then asks you to lay down. And yeah. you have to wrestle with yourself. And then you have to lay it down. But, I'm like, right. But I'm not better times, than hot dogs and sheet cakes. Right. Mm-hmm. But then other times, after you've laid it down, and Always. you feel proud of yourself Always, for yeah. having laid it down, he asks you to pick it up again. We're so, Beck and I are looking for the time that the Lord asks me to start doing do something with lemons. poached quail eggs. Yeah. But yeah. it hasn't come yet. Not we yet. don't know. But I'm just, I was telling Rachel this the other day, you know, Hopkins, uh quit poetry because he felt like it was too fleshly. It was like it was an indulgence that he needed to let go of. So he just quit poetry. And then later, 
he picked it up again because <laughs> he felt like he needed to. It's it's like it's a funny <clears throat> yeah. It's a funny thing. I'm not saying you're ever gonna have to go do wrestle with yourself and make Meyer lemon soup. Not that way, but there's gonna but be. You don't know. But no, but the Lord always guides us and always towards things that that so like I'm we just need to put our own life on the altar that, in yeah. so many ways. And if you're the person yeah. who is a reverse snob about hot dogs. With like hot dogs are all we ever eat. Thank you very much. No, or like then like maybe. the refu- if you're a person who thinks it's a big waste of time to set a beautiful table, right? Maybe that's something you need to put on the altar and yeah. and, and maybe just you set a beautiful table. It. And if you're the person who thinks I will never deign to sit at a table that has not been beautifully set, yeah. you probably are the person who needs to mm-hmm. not bother with that sometimes. Yeah, and yeah. and it's I feel like. You could take what we're saying and say, so basically, whatever you like, God wants you to do the opposite. And I don't think that that's no. what we're saying at all. It's it's more like, be ready I to see that sometimes soon. we get fossilized in our own little yes. weird and, opinions. And be a person who... Because, okay, we were talking about this with... Well, we probably have talked about this on here before. With weight loss as a thing. Because Which I was we like, should talk about after that video <laughs> uh, I haven't seen it guys but I hear we look like fatso no I particular it's like oh my gosh <laughs> however but however, only I only you just, I have just... had a photo of just my fat roll <laughs> tweeted out to the world saying Texas Ohio <laughs> Lizzie Jake is coming soon Rachel Jacobic. Just look around the homeschool convention for this particular fat roll and she will probably be attached to it. <laughs> oh, that was so funny. And then when I saw it, I couldn't stop the giggles. It was so bad. So when that happened, in case you missed that on a prior episode, it was because they sent a photo to the GHC convention and then whoever tweeted it, the way Twitter auto crops the photo. <laughs> so it was already not a profession. It was already a still shot from a video. Uh, and yeah. then it was auto cropped to just, to just be my midsection fat roll yeah. with my yeah. hands expressively doing something <laughs> in the middle of speech. Oh, it's good. All this is to say, I got distracted there. What yeah. I was trying to say is that weight loss is a thing like this that I think if you're trying to pursue it as a Christian, you can have all kinds of good reasons to do it. What you can't do is enter into the way the world tries to motivate you to do it or the way that the own, your own flesh probably suggests to you to do it, Mm -hmm. which is the kind of thing where you, maybe you insult yourself excessively and despise yourself to try to live to greater glories later. Or maybe you're full of envy and like you see Mm -hmm. people giving these hot tips of like post pictures of the women you wish you looked like to like fuel the fire within, which is evil can evil or imagine yourself you know, strolling along and turning heads. Well, that's also clearly not a Christian motivation. Or I love myself and I accept myself. I am magical this way. I am wonderful every which way. Everything about me is goddess-like. As I need to lose 300 pounds, I still love myself. I am. And I am worth it. Yeah. And I deserve it. Right. So there's the way the world wants to 
encourage you to do things like that. It's all like not Christian encourage. It's all things that you should be having flashing red lights about. Yeah. Well, one of the things is pursuing things like food or like the way the world does this. They don't suggest it to you as a Christian way of doing it. And so one of the things that I think is the telltale Christian way of doing things is open handedness, which means that you pursue something because you love God and you are always willing for him to either put something else in your hands that you need to do Mm -hmm. or take something out of your hands. Like, like when you say like, like something you need to put on the altar, something that's like, you know what, this is actually not attainable right now. Right. You should not be, worrying about that right now or or now it's time to worry about that (laughs) yeah or things like a surprise pregnancy where you're pursuing god wholeheartedly thinking you're supposed to be doing something and then Mm -hmm. you get pregnant and you're shocked and you can't believe it and it's a huge interruption and everything right the christian posture of open-handedness prepares you for such surprises as that yeah to be like well clearly this was god's will and we're gonna accept it or you're going through an illness and you had to you know, the Lord gave you that obstacle. Right. And, and you just have to be grateful for it and then keep working, you know? Exactly. So all of that is to say, we hope you enjoy our, our fat and unflattering pie, <laughs> pie festival video. But just, you should make it, it should make you think, I bet the pie is good though. Oh yeah. Cause it's, what is that? Never trust a skinny cook. <laughs> you can, you can trust us guys. You oh, can trust us. I'll tell you though. I've been very diligent on Weight Watchers. So let's, let's all just pretend that I look different than that video. No. <laughs> I, I think people will tolerate us. I think they will. I think it'll be all right. I think they've tolerated us through a lot of, if you're still, if you're already. still here, then you know, it's fine. Yeah. All right. Thanks for coming, and we'll see you next time. Right. Have fun with your pie. Oh, wait. We should say post something about make pie yeah, and post your pie. pie. How should we say that? Mm, we just do it, guys. Just make a pie and tag us in it. Yeah. We want to know that you're all doing things that, that are festive and joyful and offered to God as we, uh, you know, celebrate, celebrate this wild world that he's given us. Exactly. All right. Till next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of What Have You. This audio is brought to you in part by New St. Andrews College. Are you wondering if any college will be open this fall? Look no further than New St. Andrews College. Graduating leaders who shape culture, living faithfully under the Lordship of Jesus Christ.